What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Rudy, here to bring you guys another podcast. We're on podcast number five. I am Rudy. This is Rudy Rambles. And if you're new here, uh, what I do is I just kind of talk about things that involve me, mountain biking, some current events, and things that I find on the internet that do with mountain biking that I think are cool. So first thing I want to do is start off talking about, let's see, like four days, five, four or five days ago, I ended up deciding that I was going to keep my chameleon. I was dead set on just selling it, using the money, and working it towards uh, another trail bike um, so that I can uh, you know, continue the, the bike reviews because that's what I really, really like to do. <laughs> Anyways, so I decided um, since I hadn't gotten as far as riding the chameleon with 29-inch wheels, um, I pretty much had everything that I needed to do to switch it over to 29 inch wheels to at least give it a try so that I knew before I sold the bike or before I go any further that at least I took advantage or full advantage of trying to get everything out of the bike because if you guys don't know the Santa Cruz chameleon is is the chameleon of bikes whenever it comes to hardtails especially um, it's got a pretty steep um, a pretty steep uh, head tube angle I think it's like 66.7 or something like that maybe it's not that much yeah I think it I think it is I think it is like 66.7 or no it's almost 67 that's what it is it's almost a 67 head tube degree angle and then the seat is like 70 God, it's like 70 something 75 76 something like that I probably should have looked that up before I started trying to shoot out these numbers anyways really 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 re the bike is is good in in all configurations thus far and I've had it with a, um, I've had it set up for the longest time. Um, whenever I first got the bike, it came with, um, it was a, it was the the D build. It was twenty seven point five, two point eight inch tires. They were recons front and rear. Um, I did a different iteration of it. You know, of course, I've upgraded to some other things along the way, dropper seat posts and brakes and things like that. But um, I ended up putting a really nice set of uh, wheels and tires on it. Um, and I went down to a 2.6 and I went to DT Swiss hubs and race face wheels, um, 30 mil internal width. Uh, and then I put a 36, I had a, Fo had a Fox 36 performance elite with a grip two. And man, did that make that bike come alive? I mean, on, on the, the, the flatter, like less demanding terrain, like single track stuff, that bike. Is just fun. It's just fun. It, it pops and skips and and jibes and jibs off of everything. Um, it's really a joy to ride the bike. So um, fast forward, right? Like that's my favorite iteration of the bike. Was going to sell it, and it's set up like that. Um, and then I decided, no, I'm going to take all those parts off and put it towards a different build. So I put everything back on the bike that was original. So. The 40 millimeter internal with WTB wheels, the 2.8 recons went back on it. The old fork went back on it, which is a um, a recon. <laughs> it, it's the uh, Rockshox recon, and uh, put the original cranks back on it because I had <laughs> I had I I had some carbon cranks laying around. I put those away. Anyways, um, took the brakes off of it. I had some really nice Code R's um, on it that were probably more than that bike needed. Anyways. Um, put the levels back on and uh, original handlebars and stems and, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I took the dropper seat post off and put a cheaper dropper seat post on it. Like I am like I said, fast forward, right? So getting ready to sell the bike, I got everything back like stock on it. And uh, I just couldn't do it. I, could, I couldn't do it. I couldn't put it on for sale. I had it built up. It, it was working 100%. Had a, you know, a nice dropper seat post on it. Put the original handlebars. And I just couldn't do it. So um, it's just sitting there. And I, had, I hadn't I had sold the, the uh, rims that came on my Norco, which are 29-inch wheels. They are a uh, Stans Flow Ds, and they have these Shimano hubs on them. They're like a Shimano Dior hub. Which are okay, the the hub engagement's crap, but whatever. You know, it's probably better than the SRAMs that were on there before, like slightly, but a little bit better. So I still had <laughs> I still had the cassette. I still had the I had the Dior cassette from the Norco build. 
the, all this stuff is from the Norco build. Let's just name that out. The, the stuff that I had left over from the Norco build was the Stan's Flow D wheels um, that had the Shimano hubs, the Dior hubs on it, right? Uh, micro spline. So I also had the uh, Dior cassette, SLX derailleur, and SLX shifter from that bike. So um, really all I needed was, um, well, really all I thought I needed was some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, rotors to put on because the rotors that are on there are center lock. Well, come to find out, I actually had a set of center lock uh, adapters so that I could put six bolts on there. So I could take the six bolts that were currently on the bike, switch them over to that. And that was what um, I thought I was waiting for. But all along, I had everything that I needed. So I just needed to set aside the time and switch some things over. So I just did that. I put everything that we just talked about on the bike. And then I took off the original handlebars and I put, I had some, um, some 30 mil rise, uh, alpha ride and stem bars and stem off of my common saw that, uh, I actually like, I hadn't sold yet. They're just kind of laying around. So I put those on that bike, um, switched everything over and decided that I was going to go shred the trails. Oh, the tires. I haven't talked about the tires. So <laughs> I had randomly picked up these tires. I, w I was in I was in one of the local bike shops and a guy was swap swapping out his tires and he was actually cleaning them out there at the shop. <coughs> and I asked, I said, "Hey, dude, what are you gonna do with those tires? Because I could use some extra twenty nine inch tires because I could sell them with the with the rims was was my thing, but I ended up keeping them. So he was uh, getting rid of a very very mildly used set of uh, Maxxis DHF front and rear." tires they were 2.6 but they're 29 ers so they're what i needed and uh he he just asked me i, I said are you gonna sell them or are you gonna put them online or whatever and he said yeah i said well what do you want for him he's like i don't know i was like dude i got a 50 dollars bill right here right now he's like all right sounds good and uh so I, I took him off his hands and uh so all this stuff pretty much sat in the garage off to the side until i decided to put on this bike either it was on sale on the facebook marketplace or wherever or um, it was just, you know, it was just sitting there. So fast forward, you know, we put all this stuff on the bike. We go out for a ride, and um, it was actually, I, I should back up just a little bit. It was, it was more difficult than I thought it was. Like I had everything that I needed, right? And I really didn't run into any issues until it came to um, cutting the chain. It was my first time doing it, and I had a hell of a time. I thought that I needed to be on the highest gear to cut it, and that's where I cut it. And then once over, I was starting to index the gears, and I would go to the bottom gear. It just had a bunch of sag, so I ended up taking out two more links. Anyways, after I got that figured out, um, the thing shifted fine. All it went through all the gears, and I didn't have any any other fuss after that. So go out on the trails to go ride this bike to go shred it and i'm at McAllister park here in san antonio and it's 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 a very mild um terrain trail uh basically do about i think i did like 10 and a half miles there and um you know it, it's it's pretty flat xc-ish you know there's a lot of places where you can pedal hard and kind of keep your speed and, 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 and keep um keep going and normally whenever we do this route me and a friend of mine Usually we stay somewhere around ten and a half to um, eleven and a half miles per hour, and uh, that's what we try to stick around. Like we don't have cadence readers. We do have mile per hours. I actually, I just got my first bike computer. I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, so according to him and what my Strava says, yeah, we're somewhere right around that that ten to ten and a half miles per hour deal. Anyways, I went out there. And I was by myself. I actually filmed a bunch of the a bunch of the ride because I wanted to put it on my YouTube channel as kind of like a second after it. You know, this had to put did this build. Uh, now we went out for a ride. This is how you know this is how I liked it. And I blew it out of the water, man. I was I was like probably or I wasn't probably I was eleven point two five miles an hour, and I wasn't even trying. Like literally, I wasn't even trying. Now usually we do, I do do this loop on my my big bike or i should say bigger bike my trail slash all mountain bike my bronson which is a 27.5 bike um that weighs like 34 pounds 
And that's what this bike weighs. It weighs like 34 pounds. Um, the Bronson has like, you know, some added weight to it. It has a little bit beefier tires. It also has inserts in it. Um, but it also has like carbon wheels, carbon cranks, carbon CC frame, uh, you know, so X01, you know, it, so it's, it's a pretty, it's, it's a sick build of a bike itself. Um, as to where this thing's just all aluminum and before it was actually, um, 33, you know what, what, I have to go back and look at the pictures. It's not 34 pounds. It was 32 and I think it's 33 now, like right on the nose. It switching everything over from 27.5 with the Dior XL um parts and also I, I did have an 11 speed nx on there not a 12 speed um so it obviously added some weight you know bigger tires bigger rims uh heavier cassette um but i did put uh carbon cranks <laughs> those carbon cranks left over i went ahead and put those back on there anyways uh so i took out to the trail right and i absolutely loved it. i had i had a blast i had um the bike was with its original fork which is like a uh what did i say it was a recon like a recon 32 mil stanchions or something like that so it was a little dead in the front because on that shock with my weight um setting it up it's either on or off you're either in the travel or you're you're riding on top of the travel or you're at the bottom of the travel the mid stroke is just almost negligible on that bike but or on that fork but Nonetheless, um, not that it was lively or poppy or anything like that, but now it felt like like a speed demon, man. Like it was really easy to to carry speed. The 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 bigger stuff that it went over um, went over a lot more smoother than than I, on my um, on my uh, Bronson, uh, except for the rear end. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, whenever I, I came to like some, um, there's a rockier section called Rocky, Rocky Raccoon. It's about a half mile and it's like, you know, you either decide that you're just going to stand up and pedal through all this and try to get through it as quick as you can. Um, the route that we go, I'm usually pretty tired by the time we're, we're, we're usually pretty tired by the time I get there. And uh, I really just want to sit down and pedal and try to pick and choose, um, uh, my route so that it's not too rough. And, uh. I tried to do that in the seated position. I think it wrecked my back. Like my lower back was pretty, pretty hurt after that, that particular section. So I knew, uh, I was going to be pretty stiff for the next few days. Anyways, anyways. So, um, I loved it, dude. I, I did love it. Now I, I, what I really want to do is I want to get an, I want to get a fork because I really believe that if I get a fork, just like with the grip 236 on the, on the 27 five wheels, like it's going to make it come even more alive. The other thing that I would like to do with this is I would like to get a, um, I would like to go down to like a 2.4 uh, tire front and rear um, with the 29ers. And I really think this, this, that would help, you know, lighten up the weight a little bit, you know, the tire, maybe, um, maybe not so heavy casing. I, well, no, the, the casing on the tires, they were, they're DHF front and rear. Like I said, they're very mildly used. Um, they're trail XO, so they're not XO plus, they're just trail. Um, but they, you know, for that area, you don't need much more than that. So I would probably get the same, the same sidewall protection, you know, XO trail, uh, wouldn't go anything more than that, but maybe go with something that had a little bit, that carried a little bit more speed, like maybe like a, a recon in the rear and that, and, and the DHF in the front, you know, go back to the DHF. I don't know, man, or maybe a, uh, DHF in the front and like a, uh, aggressor you know as far as um max's tires concerned I, I don't know i like to switch things up anyways but uh those tires i know what they feel like um but i i had i did i had a blast by the time i got done even even after the section of the rocky raccoon like i felt i felt really good after the ride um like i said my lower back is a little sore but i i felt like like i did something like and i made it through that section fast i mean i didn't know how fast it was and I only had my Strava going on uh, GPS. I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have my wheel speed sensor or anything like that on. But the next time I go, like I finally get a bike computer, and I'm excited to have that thing because it, it's just having the bike computer and then the wheel speed sensor, and the package I got came with a cadence sensor. I'm gonna put that on there too. Um, I really want to see like. 
how many sections that I can get like new PRs on. Because uh, it seems like every time I go out there anyways, I get some 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 PRs. And, and I did that day too. I got some PRs. Um, but I think I'm going to try using the – now that I have the, the, the bike computer, I'm going to try and use that to um, maybe – just pay a little bit more attention to my cadence, pay a little bit t more attention to the the speed and the sections that I'm going to. And uh, I don't know, maybe try to get a KOM before I leave. Like, like that'd be pretty cool. I, I don't have any KOMs and I really haven't been trying, but that would be, that would be pretty cool. I did subscribe to the, I took the, the two month advantage of the, the Strava. So we'll see how that goes, checking out all the extra um, features and functions that it has. And that's part of the reason why I ended up getting a, uh, a bike computer too because um, I just want to pay attention to that stuff a little bit more and hopefully you know um, use it as a uh, a tool to not only help me you know be better at biking or whatever but and but use it as a training tool um, to to start um, getting myself a little bit more healthier you know uh, I, I I ride my bike often enough that I shouldn't be this heavy it's just my diet. Like I know it's my diet. I just need to get my diet in check and get that back because, uh, guys, I am sitting at like 220, 225 right now. And this is the heaviest that I've been in since like 2015. So pretty, uh, feeling pretty when I talk about her, when I think about her, I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, come on, bro, you got to start doing something like this is ridiculous. Like and it's crazy because like my my bike riding stamina is is pretty good. Like you know I have friends that are um, smaller than me in a little bit better shape, and uh, I I I can ride with them just as well. You know especially whenever you know when it comes to the climbs and the longer distancing longer distances. You know sitting in the seat. But uh, yeah, um, so I want to use this bike computer. Um, to its full advantage and try to try to help get some training out of it and uh you know get my diet in check and get myself like back to where you know i really want to be at 180 um 180 190 max because at 190 i felt really good and uh i could tell um whenever i got to 200 i could tell whenever i got to, to two oh shit so i put on almost 40 pounds for, for the longest time i was thinking i've only put on 30 pounds but for the longest time I was I was I stayed at 190 pounds whenever I first moved here to San Antonio, um, October November November of 2020, uh, I was 190 pounds. Sorry, I just had to think of, um, and now yeah, I'm like I'm like 230 220 or 220 225 like maybe 230. I should go weigh myself, man. Anyways. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is, is, uh, Reverly Peak, um, went back out to Reverly Peak and get, uh, again this weekend with my buddy Nate and, uh, our Nathan and, um, and Graham and, uh, Nathan had never been out there before. Graham's been out there before, but, um, you know, we did a lot of trail riding. We didn't do a lot of the jump lines and we purposefully just went out there because the past three, three or four weekends I've been just doing the, um, the jump lines at uh at Revly Peak because they're just they're just so much fun, and they got a new one with a couple of step ups and and I think I I don't know if I've talked about that yet or not but yeah 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 I talked about it because like last week was like so much progression I think I talked about that in the in the podcast and uh, was cool so like going back there and bringing uh, my friend Nathan that's not so much a mountain biker but he is a very skilled uh, rider because. Um, he's got a pretty heavy BMX background, and then now what he does, and uh, he's working on basically riding professionally um, enduro motorcycle racing, which I think is rad. Like I don't know if you guys have ever seen those those videos, but check out enduro motorcycle racing, and then that's that's some crazy stuff. But that's what he does. So um, hopping on a mountain bike, besides pedaling, you know, it's got handlebars. Like dude can just shred. And uh, with the BMX background that he has, you know, and, and, and then the skills that he has with motorcycle, like he makes ride, he, he'll make you, he makes me mad because it, it just looks like it just comes so natural. But because he has got this background and, you know, mountain or not mountain biking and BMXing and uh, motorcycle racing, like he just does everything just so well. Anyways, this kid, this kid's pretty amazing, man. He was doing, um, he was doing crank flips and no footers 
and he did a 360. Um, and this is all this is all Revly Peak at uh, at the step ups, the new line. And like I said, I don't think they have a name for it, but they were doing some more work to it whenever we went there. Um, looks like they're they're building a, a an optional left hip off the first um, step up, and then they are doing a. Uh, uh, yeah, then you come back down and you do another, then you can do another left hip at the last jump, it looks like. That's what they're kind of working on. So we'll see, man. It's it's a it's a sick line. And there's only like four, you know, there's 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 a um you you ride into it. I'm just gonna kind of describe it, right? So you you start at the the starting platform, you ride down, there's a little roller into like maybe a um four foot uh table immediately into a right hand berm you come out of the berm and you have like three rollers that you can either pump or manual or whatever and then after that like maybe five or six feet you have um, another small table that kind of hips to the left a little bit into a left hand berm um, and then at the end of the left hand berm it straightens out and then you roll into a roller you pump down on the roller and then you pop up um, over this next table that's maybe six foot long and then you land down into a steep um, roll in into a I don't know it's probably like a oh like a six or seven foot uh, step up um, which everybody clears pretty easily um, but it's not anything that like really shoots you up. Like when, by the time you're cresting over that step up, like the highest I think I've seen anybody get is like maybe three feet from the lip, um, off the ground. Like you're not very high. And then that's how step ups kind of are. Like you get this, this huge buildup of speed and then it sends you out. It sends you out like, you know, like two or three feet and then you land and you're like a foot you know, from the ground, like, and that's kind of, anyway, so you land, and then it takes, you pedal into this really high, tall, um, right-hand berm, it's not, it's, it's, it's long, but it's not like, it's not like a really tall, deep berm, it's just kind of like an embankment, um, of a berm, and then you pedal down that, uh, pump down at the end of the roller, and then there's probably like a, this one's probably like an eight or nine foot table, Maybe it's slightly bigger, um, but right around there, probably nine, 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 nine and a half foot, I would imagine at the most, because when I look at it, it's like two and a half bike links, maybe two bike links. Anyways, um, which I consider a bike link like four feet. I could be wrong about that too. Anyways, uh, so you land down to that, and then you go down to the bottom, you pump that, and you come back up to another kicker. Now this kicker's this kicker's like. Uh, or I should say it's like a, a kicker into a step up, right? Um, now this one uh, I think is probably built better than the first step up because whenever you come cresting over that, um, whenever you downside on it, uh, you feel like you're floating. Like you get all this speed, you you pump at the bottom, you pop at the top, and you come up over the 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 lip of it, and yeah, like you feel like you feel like you're floating like for you know a couple of seconds for sure. Which you are, but it's probably more like, you know, not even a second. Uh, and then that's it. Well, it, not technically. You come down off of that, and this is where they're building the next feature, which looks like it's going to be just a table hip to the left. So, anyways, the run's a lot of fun. And by the time you get back to where you kind of stop at, um, the climb back up, you walk your bike. Like, there's no, there's no like, good return uh, trail or anything like that so you just everybody just kind of hops off your bike and you walk back up to the top and you do it again and if I hadn't talked to you guys before about it that is the same line that comes um, that you take uh, for the whale tail which is a really fun a really fun line that I haven't completed yet and I wish I would have completed it last week again my friend Nathan though he you know he's doing all these tricks off these off the off the tops of these uh, step ups and uh, now he wants to now he wants to do the whale tail. I was a little tired, um, and I wish I could have had the energy to tow him in. Um, I kind of had the energy to show him what the speed was. Um, nonetheless, I felt like like my back and my legs were getting kind of crampy, so I didn't. Anyways, I coached him over it. Um, he did fine. Uh, first couple times, he actually stopped at the bottom, and uh, actually the 
second time he went up to do it, he actually he actually almost ate shit. I got a pretty cool video of that that um, I'm going to put up on my Instagram. But, yeah, dude almost ate shit off of it, just like my friend Greg the week before um, that broke his ankle. Anyways, nonetheless, went back up, did it again, got more speed, cleared it, and then he decided he wanted to finish the line. So this line that comes off of that, uh, you do the whale tail, um, you come off of it, you kind of pedal into a right-hand uh, table um, that's probably a good 10 feet long. Like It's just one of those ones that kind of sends – it kind of kicks you to the right. Um, it's kind of like a right hip, but um, it's just longer. It doesn't really shoot you like up. It's not like a kick or anything like that. Uh, it's just more like a, a right-hand table. I don't know how to explain that. Anyways, I got a video of that too. And then you come down and you pedal a little bit more. And then you go on to the, I, I want to call it like a boat drop. I, I have a problem like explaining exactly what these jumps or features are. But it's basically like a plank drop. So you start, you know, whenever you come into it, you start going, start climbing up at like a 45 degree angle. And then the, the wooden plank basically just stops. And you kind of pop off of that into a into a, uh, a dirt transition and then after that um, you know if you don't have enough speed then you pop the table you pop the next table for that which is probably another 20 foot table um, but that's pretty uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty high speed by the time you get down to it anyways this fool Nathan got <laughs> he did it like completed it like really clean by his second run yeah his second run and then he thought a third time he was going to go back up there but he was you could tell he was he was this was and this was at the very end of the day not to mention my boy the second time on el patron cleared it like cleaned everything like he followed me down the first time uh, we kind of babied it along second time we went up he freaking just sent that man i wish i had a good video of him clearing that table because oh and the other thing I didn't mention is that Nathan is riding Graham's hardtail, which is a really badass hardtail, but it's a hardtail. Um, and it's it's like the hardcore hardtail. He's got like a 160-millimeter uh, pike on the front of it. He's got it's sitting on 27.5s, uh, carbon handlebars, really nice pedals, box 9 group set. Like It's a really nice build. Hub uh, uh, hunt wheels. Uh, what else is on there the he's got Mazda tires the Victoria Mazda tires front and rear like this bike's badass man it really is it's a really really nice hardtail and anyways it was nice to see like that thing just getting shredded and it did like Nathan shredded the fuck out of that bike and uh it was just, it was just fun to watch and I, I wish and, and Nathan's only 20 years old but I Again, I wish I would have I would have got into this just a little bit earlier because me being 44 and uh, being a little bit more cautious and having to you know go work on my progression for you know four days to get what he did in freaking six hours like it's pretty cool. It's cool to watch, but a little like I don't want to say jealous, envious, envy. Maybe have some envy towards. I don't know. I just wish that I would have started this a little bit earlier, but here we are, and we're doing the thing. Next thing I wanted to talk about, next thing I want to talk about is my YouTube channel. And if you guys don't know already, I do have a YouTube channel. Uh, I've been doing it for going on two years now. And um, same thing, I kind of just I do videos on mountain bike products, reviews. Um, I review um, bikes, bike parts, um, basically all things mountain bikes. And uh, I really enjoy I really enjoy doing it. Um, I haven't gotten um, I don't know if I haven't put in enough effort into it or maybe enough love to it. But the the whole video editing thing, like I'm pretty new at. I mean, I'm I'm totally excuse me, totally totally new at. Um. Anyway, so I I've got I've, I've got you know probably and I haven't counted, but I, I probably have more than twenty videos up probably more than 30 videos up and uh, I haven't had like great success the best video that I had up to this point um, about the video I'm going to talk about 
was a video that I put up um, over a year ago. Over two years ago. Was it two years or a year? Hang on, I'm going to look. I, I do want to know about this before I, I get too far off topic. Uh, where are we going here? To the video. There we go. So I put this video up. It's got, I, pu I published it in March 8th of 2020. This is uh, January of 2022, right? So in March, it'll be two years, right? It's got 3,400 views, 22 comments, 43 likes. And that was like the best, most active video that I that I have right out of all the videos now I have a video uh, go back here now I have a video that is where did it go not here next time man I'm so sorry I should just pause this no I'm not going to you guys are just gonna hang out with me for a minute here Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Where go to video analytics dashboard content videos and I go back up to the top here. Oh my gosh, now the computer is taking forever. <sighs> okay, so here we are. Um Nope, not on that page. Next page. Okay, so this video. Oh my gosh. Did I miss it? Did I look right past it? Probably did. I did not look right past it. Okay, so this video I published August 19th of 2021. It's taken off like crazy here lately, right? So um, I had a thousand views on it. Um, at about the first 30 days. No, no, no. Sorry, I had a I had 65 views in the first 30 days, and then I had in 60 days I had a thousand views, and in 90 days I had like 1,900 views. In 120 days I had 3,400 views. And here we are at 157 days, and I have 4,700 um, views on the video. Now, I don't know, I have no idea what makes this video more interesting or how I got so many more views on this video versus all of the other videos that I have, and in, especially in such a, a short amount of time. Like, I have no idea. And... It's also produced um, the most uh, subscribers from one video. It's got the most um, um, times. It's got the least amount of clicks-throughs. Um, the average uh, viewing time is four minutes and twenty-eight seconds on a fourteen-minute video, which is really good. Like it's it's the like it's the best video out of all the videos that I have. And um, I was visiting with my wife about it, and she's like, "Well, just you know, go back and watch the video." Um, and rinse and repeat and and this video is my I'm gonna tell you guys in case you want to go check it out It's my 2021 specialized stump jumper base. Is it worth the money? and uh, I Actually had a lot of fun making the video because I kind of had um, I kind of had like this viewing direction that I wanted to go with and uh, I guess I really haven't done um, another one of these since because um I do have a new bike. I just need to take some more footage of it. Um, I do have a lot of things to say about the new bike. Um, it's my Norco 2022 range, which is pink bike of the year for the 2021 year. <laughs> um, but, you know, before that, I did the Giant Trance, um, which was a used bike. Same as the Stump Jumper was a used bike. So I ended up selling the Giant Trance, saving the money for that and putting it towards the Specialized Stump Jumper. And then um, I did the review on the stump jumper, and then I sold that and basically used the money from the stump jumper 
um, added some money with it to get the 2021 Norco range. Um, so eventually that bike will get sold too, but I don't think that bike will get sold for as much money as I have into it. And, and speaking of that, I mean, that, that's a really cool story too. And I really hope that this gets the views that it deserves because I ended up purchasing the Norco range at the cheapest model because I had, I had a lot of extra parts that I was going to put on it. So it didn't make sense for me to get the most expensive model because I had some of those parts that I would, I would have put on it anyways. Um, dropper seat posts, X01 gearing, and or X01 um, drivetrain, um, things like that. Uh, so um, I also had hubs. I had um, DT Swiss hubs that were sitting around that I was going to put on the bike. So um, that and that's why I have like when I was telling you guys the parts that I had off the Chameleon, the um, parts came off the Norco and they were you know they're just sitting there. Anyways, so what I ended up doing was taking all all these parts that I had and putting them on the Norco and, and you know taking all the ports that came off the Norco now and basically put putting them a lot of them on the the chameleon so um, that video should be good um, you know I I just gotta get I gotta get to uh, getting some footage some writing footage of that video and I think that's the biggest difference maybe I don't know I guess we'll see because I'm literally going to do exactly what my wife said with this next video whenever it comes to reviewing the bike is this rinse and repeat because um, obviously there is a lot more um, eye-catching things on this video that people don't um, don't mind watching but I just feel like there's also something there that that somehow it's gotten on a list of um, people like looking up the video or looking for that video like is there something that I I hashtagged in there that I liked I just I don't know I wish there was an, an analytic for that maybe so that I can just figure out um, you know how does this video get so so uh, so popular you know for my for my channel you know what I mean it's not like thousands of views or anything like that but for for my channel and what it's done like it's just way up I mean watch time is 354 hours which is you know way more than usual and and uh views 4800 k's like uh, i'm just i'm i'm super happy i just wish that i knew how what happened after the first 90 days that it just spiked like you know three times as many views in uh in the same amount of time so how in the hell is this GoPro or GoPro? <laughs> How in the hell does this YouTube thing analytics work? No, no clue. Um, let's see here. I kind of lost track. Where are we at with our time? Um, half hour basically. So, um, next thing I wanted to visit with you guys about before I just stay on that with no direction of what we're going to do with it. Um, oh, tires, 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 tires. There's so much to talk about whenever you, you drum up this, the, the conversation of tires, um, what tire pressure to use, you know, like for me, for example, like I'm, I'm a heavy rider, like I know. And when, when we sit around and talk about tire pressure, like all of my friends are like way lower than I am. You know, like I'm, I'm running somewhere between when, and, and I'm and, and taking in consideration that we do have two, two different, you know, we have diff different tires. Um, you know, some people are running Kush core, some people aren't. Um, if you don't know what Kush core is, it's just this tire insert that you put in that helps protect your rim, your rim that helps protect your tire from your rim and helps protect your rim from the trail. And, uh, in, in doing that, it also helps protect your tire from getting um, punctured um, from the trail as well. So anyways, not only does that add weight, but that adds um, a level of comfort and that also takes up some of the uh, air volume in your tire. So you can run a little bit lower pressure without having to have, um, without having to have uh, the loss of traction. Um, so anyways, I run higher pressure than just about anybody uh that's on the trail because there's not very many people that i ride with that are my size right and have my tire combo and my tire set so there's a lot there's a lot to 
decipher whenever it comes to talking about what tire pressure you have. There's also a lot to decipher whenever you're talking about what tires do you want. Like I had a friend post up, you know, hey, what's everybody's favorite rear tire, you know, and like, you know, you get all these answers right away. And, you know, some people, you know, whenever you ask questions like that, some people have only ever used two different tires, you know, they might have used the first tire that came with their bike and either they went back with that same tire or they were a little um, ambitious on trying new things and they got something different or maybe that was the only thing that was available <laughs> you know so it, whenever you ask for opinions like that I feel like you have to take them at a grain of salt because they might not even know and you know I hear people on the trail all the time take a, talk about their bike you know like they got a new obviously they it looks like a new bike you haven't seen the person before you're visiting with them on the trail you're hitting general conversation and you ask them, how do you like your bike? You know, whatever bike it is. And they say, oh, it's great, blah, blah, blah. It does this and it does that. My next question after they, they talk about how good or or bad the bike is, which it's never, it's never bad. <laughs> if you guys haven't figured that out yet, if you're an, an avid person that rides bike a lot and rides with a bunch of different people, um, it's always good. Um, I asked them, what bike did you have before this bike? And just because I want to know how serious I can take their opinion on the bike that they have. Like me, for example, I've had several different bikes and I ride a bunch of different bikes. So I've ridden a bunch of different components. I've ridden a bunch of different um, shocks and forks. Uh, uh, I've ridden a bunch of different um, drivetrains. And I've felt a bunch of different suspensions, long travel, short travel, and um, hardtails, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like whenever somebody asks me a, some, a question like that, right, like I want to go, in, go into detail, right, but I'll keep – I'll chew their ear off for like an hour before we, before we get back on the trail or, you know, uh, a metaphorical hour, you know, probably, you know, too long, long enough where I feel like I'm just babbling about stuff and they're not really getting in and they started the conversation thinking that this was just going to be a um, how's the weather <laughs> kind of uh, question and answer you know and it ends up with me it ends up being much longer and sometimes sometimes I can read the uh, I can read the room and I can be like oh shit now yeah, you probably I, you probably didn't want to hear all of that or you probably weren't looking for that much detail but what's nice though is when you do run into somebody that wants to visit about bikes and that is really interested and you can just roll you can just ramble and then they shoot you these questions because they have like similar interests or they've ridden more than just one bike or two bikes you know what i mean like in in different trails you know there's a lot of people that that have these these massive bikes with these long travel and they stay inside of san antonio and it's just so crazy to me because of how many good trails are out there that you can you can go to to really push your limits of of your bike and yourself and you have a you know 150 millimeter travel front and rear bike inside of san antonio that you don't you don't need and it's your first mountain bike you know i feel like the perfect bike for inside of San Antonio is like 130 up front, 120 in the rear, um, and that or smaller. Now you start going an hour outside of San Antonio. You know what I mean? If you're gonna if you're gonna be doing that on a regular basis, then yeah, you need something a little bit bigger. You need something between 140 to 160 millimeters of travel. And if you're going to uh, to the bike park, you know, um, on a regular basis. Then yeah, you know you need an enduro bike that's you know 160 to 180, you know, uh, travel, you know, something like that. But anyways, I'm kind of getting off subject again. Where was I? Tires. <laughs> tires. Um, yeah. So whenever you know somebody asks your opinion on tires, I feel like there's like a lot of questions that you have to ask yourself. Um, whenever you're um, seeking out uh, a new tire, you know, 
and what you what you want out of that tire and you know do you want it in the front do you want it in the rear do you want a fast rolling tire do you want a really good climbing tire um, because if you want a fast rolling good climbing tire like there's there's some middle ground but there and then and then there's uh, a, a really good one for each or the other you know what I mean Either you can get a, a tire that's really good and grippy and climbs really well but it's not going to it's not going to climb that well or I'm sorry it's not going to um, roll that that fast you know what I mean it's not gonna be a, a fast rolling tire but then if you get a fast rolling good tire um, it's not going to necessarily be a good climbing tire, you know, so there's some, there's a lot of give and take and what, what you do the most of, I feel like is what's more important. So if you're somebody that, um, likes to do single track and you're not doing a whole lot of climbing, then I think you need a fast rolling tire. You're just going to get, excuse me, you're just going to get a lot better performance out of that um, because of what you mostly do you know um, if you're uh, if you're somebody that goes out of town a lot and which means you do a lot of a lot of climbing um, then you're probably going to want a tire that uh, has and usually Whenever you get a tire that's a better climber, you also get a tire that's a better breaker, right, in the rear. So you can go, you can do the faster downhills and climb um, with uh, confidence, uh, corner with confidence, but it's not going to be the fastest rolling tire, which you don't usually need that much of because you're using more of the gravity to pull you down. So like a DHR, like that's a really, really, the DHF for the front and a DHR two for the rear is like the like best well-known tire combo like known to mountain bikers like in my in my opinion of course everybody can have their own opinion but when you put that combo together like that's really good like that tire is going to be a really good climber it's going to be a really good breaker but it's not going to be a very fast rolling tire that dh um r2 in the rear um but my favorite combo is like uh, a Mazda front and rear or a DHF front and rear because you do get good braking knobs and you get good um, good rolling speed and if you're not too aggressive of a climber like it's like the best metal middle ground um, rear tire I think that one could find same thing with the Mazda like it's just a really good tire combo front and rear and then when you know the cornering knobs or whatever gets worn out, uh, or your braking knobs get worn out, then you can uh, flip flop them, and you know you still have the same um, confidence, and you're not getting, you're not spending time getting used to the way a tire feels. You know, I tell you what, you know, one of the first one of the first times that I decided that I was going to switch the tires on my Bronson, I went with the Victoria brand tires. I went with a um, Martello, which I put initially in the front, and a Morsa that I originally put in the rear. Now that Morsa, that's that's another a good example of a really good fast rolling tire um, that has great cornering lugs, but it it's not it's not going to stop you very well because it doesn't have huge knobby edges um, to stop with. Um, so I originally had that Martello up front and the Morsa in the rear. And the Martello up front, um, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Actually, I didn't really care for that tire overall. Um, whenever I had it in the front, it, it didn't have very good predictable cornering knobs. And uh, so I ended up having that on the front of the bike for a very short period of time. And, it, and then I put that on the rear of the bike, and I put that Morsa up front. And, man, when I put that Morsa up front, like, that was such a, a – um, it was it was an even better front tire than it was a rear tire unless you're going for, um, again, like max speed. Like, if you were to put that Morsa front and rear, that would be max speed and good cornering, right? You just wouldn't be able to stop on a dime. 
anyway, so I put the the Martello in the rear, and um, the Morse up front gave me way more predict predictability, and I handled the trail really good with that tire up front. I actually really like that tire up front. I almost bought another one. Anyways, I put that Martello in the rear, and at best, that tire was a good a good middle ground tire for everything. Um, it was pretty predictable in the rear for cornering. It was a pretty fast rolling tire. It did okay at braking, and it did okay at climbing. Um, I wouldn't pick that tire again because it was just unless unless it was going for the rear and I found it on sale for like, you know, twenty five to forty dollars. Then maybe I'd consider buying another one. But it just didn't do um anything great, I guess. So I just I, I wouldn't have bought another one. I would have I would have bought another Morsa. I would have bought a Morsa, put that thing in the front and then put a Mar uh 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 Maza in the rear. That would be that would be a pretty sick combo, and I wish I still had those tires because I would I would do that. But um, I burned through both of those tires. Actually, one of them got a snake bite that I couldn't repair. That that Martello ended up getting a snake bite that I couldn't repair, and uh, the Morsa ended up running forever, and uh, it finally just it didn't have great cornering knobs, and the center lugs were just about gone, and uh, it was uh, starting to be a danger to ride. <laughs> You know another another good example of um, a tire the uh, the Trail Boss the old Trail Boss WTB Trail Boss I had a um, tough uh, tough rolling um, WTB Trail Boss um, that tire is almost semi slick like it handled the corners like really really good it was a really good fast rolling tire the tire actually didn't climb bad. But it had no braking, no braking at all. And as you got deeper into that tire, like it just got worse and worse and worse. And if you were trying to go down the steeper downhill stuff, like that's a really good park tire. Like if you're just riding park, <laughs> you know, if you're just riding dirt park trails, like uh, intermediate to advanced jump lines, like that's a really good tire. Because you just don't want to use that tire whenever you're trying to um, go down the steeper parts of techier sections because that back tire just couldn't hold you couldn't hold you still you know basically. But um, just another good example you know whenever you, whenever somebody asks you you know your opinion on tires it's like be smart enough to to ask your friend. Well, what do you what do you want out of it? You know what I mean? Are you are you trying to go fast? Are you staying just here in town? Are you going to be you know traveling a lot with it? Um, because here's the thing, you know, if you get a fast rolling tire and you end up traveling with it, like you're going to be able to do all the things, right? You're just not going to be able to do all the things well or with the same kind of confidence as if you had a different tire. So. Um, that's why, you know, those questions to ask yourself or, you know, if you're a good friend, you know, ask your friend like, hey, you know, what what are you trying to get out of the tire? So I don't know. Things things like that, you know, um, tire size, you know, is another big another big thing to people. And I tell you what, um, for sure, like my Bronson 27.5, uh, it's a V3 model, so it's 27.5 front and rear. The new V4 model has a 27 rear and a 29er front, so they call it a mullet or MX. Um, like that bike is fast. That bike is so fast, and it's nimble, and it's playful. It doesn't have any dead spots in it. Like it's – if I could – if I could say that this bike's weak point – um would be maybe the off the top suppleness and again that could be because of my size um it could be because of the shock um it's a uh super deluxe a rock shock super deluxe in the rear um i sure would like to try the new x the new float x um, I think that would be a really good shock for this bike because the off the top suppleness 
it's pretty stiff whenever you're going through rocky sections like you you feel your feet wanting to bounce off of the of the pedals or bouncing slapping against the pedals um but the uh i think the shock tune might have a little bit to do with that and my body weight if i could um you know what though whenever i have the i ended up buying for that bike i'm getting off subject again <laughs> ended up buying for that bike the um the cascade component link and then i was able to take a uh token out of it and that made it a lot better and then i put the neg meg and that made it even better but stock wise that would probably be the again that would probably be the weak link right like it's really fun good poppy bike but because that rear end is so stiff off the top um it's not so great for the really fast um, downhill sections right uh i forgot where i was going with this conversation now we were talking about tires we we're going oh man i lost my point of interest Yep, totally lost it. And we're getting time. We're getting close to the end of the uh, getting close to the end of the podcast here. But um, gosh, man, that sucks. Whenever I lose my train of thought, that's why I need to. I need to write these things down. Sometimes I just get too far off subject, and then I want to come back to it. And then uh, the old pothead mind is just like it's gone. At some point, it just like goes, and it's not going to come back until tomorrow. I'll just be sitting here thinking, as like, oh. That's where I was going with it. The weak point of the bike, I'm still trying. I'm still trying here. The weak point of the bike, the Bronson, if they had a weak point, talking about tires. Gosh, oh, tire pressure. You know, there's just there's just so many things to, to talk. Oh, tire size. That's where we're going, right? So the tire size, you know, it, it's, it's great for, like, just about everything. Now, I think the the new iteration of the bike being a mullet um 29 in the front 27.5 in the rear right like you literally do get the best of both worlds so the the rolling the rollover speed and the comfort being having the comfortability comfort the comfort of a 29er and the um being able to go over that stuff fast and then you know having a supple uh rear end but smaller so um you can it'll be more playful like that totally makes sense to me totally makes sense to me but i tell you what my norco my 2022 norco is is currently 29er front and rear and when that thing is pointed downhill and it's got the terrain that um that it demands like this bike can go over the 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 biggest gnarliest shit like really fast like stupid fast like it's actually built up my um my confidence for basically riding any bike fast downhill, which is which is cool, like downhill fast chunky stuff. And uh, in in my videos, like I think that's the thing that I want to focus on the most whenever I do the video on the Norco is just how chunky the stuff is and how steep it is. And this bike just boop, 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 just flies down it. But I am a huge fan of the the mullet setup and. Um, I know that Williams Racing is currently making a uh, a link for that bike, um, and I will be trying it um, because that makes sense to me. Like even in even with in, in all situations, um, whenever racing and racing downhill, in all of those situations, having a 29er up front and 27.5 in the rear makes sense to me because that 29er is going to um, it's just being dragged behind you, so it's going to help you corner a little faster. Um, I haven't ridden a mullet setup, but like like everybody talks about the same the same few things, right? Like it's more playful in the rear end, it's more predictable in the rear end. Um, you corner a little faster, you come around. It feels like you corner come around the corners a little faster, and uh, like all those things whenever it comes to racing and carrying speed, like all that stuff makes sense to me. Now, whenever you have a trail bike. And you're not racing, um, you're just out there, you know, trying to carry speed and have fun. Um, I feel like the twenty, either twenty-seven-five or twenty-nine-er front and rear makes the most sense. Okay, um, 
but like the new version of the Bronson feels like there's more versatility there because you could take that bike and you could probably race probably 80% of the races that are in the United States for down or for uh for enduro um being in that setup and i think like honestly i think that that would be a really good um enduro bike for what we have um down here in the south in the south texas area uh because it would the the the, the platform the pedaling platform on that bike is like stupid good anyways and then now it's got the versatility of having a 29er up front um, the bike's going to be light. That's the other thing about my Norfolk. That bike is stupid heavy, and that's why it like it really like it'll truck up anything like really slow. <laughs> like I call it the tank, um, but it bombs down everything really fast. So um, you know, it's just so there's the talk about the wheel size. Whenever you talk about tires, you know, um, 27.5 versus 29er, and 26 is a dirt jumper. Like there's a lot of things to take in consideration. So just ask yourself some more questions whenever you talk about what tire you want and why you want or why you want that tire what you're going to be using that tire for anyways that that's the premise of it guys I'm, we're over an hour here i uh, appreciate you listening up to this point peace out go ride your bike now